Hi guys, welcome to our show today. I am so excited. I have two talented people who've been in the business for about two decades already. Randy Dethridge with J.A. Hondorp, CPA Limited. He is my own personal tax accountant. Talk about giving a good referral. He is amazing. And I have Tara Krieg with the Mayor First Financial. She is Loan Officer Extraordinaire. And I say that because she has a certain understanding about taxes that I is way, it's just way over my head. And between the two of them, we have figured out that on today's show, there are a lot of things changing with a new change in, in presidency and in policies and tax laws that not only do you need to talk to your CPA, you need to talk to your loan professional both at the same time before you file your taxes and do something that can't be undone. Welcome to our show and thanks for joining us. This is Grateful Heart, the motivational Arizona real estate and business show. We're here to inspire you to believe in yourself, to dare to dream about your infinite and divine possibilities, to blow open your mind to creating your most abundant reality possible as our thoughts are so powerful. I found turning my own personal grief into gratitude raised my vibration to be in tune for receiving prosperity, help and connecting to God's source. I'm your host, Rebecca Rains of Integrity All-Stars at Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, and I have been selling homes here in the Valley since 1993. If you have any questions and are watching us live on our Facebook page, you can comment and we will do our best to answer while we are live on the show, so do not be shy. Today on our program, we have some great guests for you. Live from Phoenix, Arizona, it's the Grateful Heart Show with your host, Rebecca Rains. Welcome, everybody. Thank you for joining us at Grateful Heart TV. This week's show, we have the fantastic, none other than Randy Dethridge, CPA of mine and several others. Welcome, Randy. Thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Well, we couldn't be more delighted. You know, Tara, I, I was having to hold her back, Randy, just so you know, because when she heard you were coming back on the show again this year and what you were going to be talking about, she's like, oh, my gosh. It was, she was like, I was seriously having to hold her back because Tara Craig with the Mayor First here is a firm believer in strategizing with not just your CPA, but your lender if you're thinking about either refinancing or buying a house. So Tara, explain to us why, because I, I, when I talked to Randy, I was really excited. I'm like, you need to come on the show and tell everybody what you just told me. Yeah, well, 2020 was not our normal year, and I think we can all agree with that. And unfortunately, self-employed borrowers have just been put through the ringer as it relates to lending. And it kind of started with the PPP loan uh, back in spring when it first rolled out. And as we're nearing the end of the year, there was a lot of questions about how that PPP loan would appear on the borrower's tax returns and if it would have any impact on the qualifying income. And you know, as we dive into this more, Randy, I'm definitely going to be asking you questions and really discerning what that looks like so that we're properly prepared to help our clients get set up for success as it relates to home buying in 2021. Oh my gosh, could you say that any faster, Tara? It was like <laughs> drinking from a fire hydrant, girlfriend. <laughs> so for the normal person out there, this was a tough year. Oh my goodness. And the government stepped in and did some stimulus packages, helped some people out. Those of us who are self-employed, myself included, were offered something called the PPP. And regular people with W-2s also got some stimulus money. So Randy, I'm going to ask you to explain to folks, what does that mean now when we're coming to file our income taxes? If I got a check from the PPP program, or maybe my daughter who you know wasn't working as much got money, I don't even know how much money they were getting, mm -hmm. but if they got money, what happens now that we're going to file our income taxes? 
Well, they're kind of two separate issues. A stimulus is just, you know, people who did qualify who, you know, they're for single or married filing jointly. Depending on your income levels, if you did receive a stimulus, you know, most people got $600. Couples got $1,200, and then they were also giving $500 for each kid. So it all depends on your income level. Some people didn't receive it. Some people did. So is that now considered taxable income? No, not necessarily, because basically the government wants you to have that money tax-free. Okay, so that was just a gift from Santa Claus, aka (laughs) the U.S. government, right? So what about the rest of us who have employees, who have businesses, who did apply for the PPP? I was one of the fortunate ones that did receive a PPP check, and so I was calling Randy, and he shared with me some good news because I really needed it. This this is going to be a brutal year for me for Mm -hmm. taxes. I'm sure I'm not the only one in that boat. Um, and when he told me this, I was like, oh my gosh, that is so fantastic. And a couple of other business owners I talked to since then weren't aware of this good news. What was that good news, Randy? Well, basically, uh, Congress kind of threw us a curveball because typically a PPP loan is a loan. And then, the, then you know, you're getting the loan through the SBA, Small Business Administration. So anytime you're what we call forgiven debt, so you don't have to pay back the loan the IRS would always say it's income. So you have to pick that up, even though like you, for example, Rebecca, you use that PPP loan for, for wages to pay your employees. So hundred percent of that loan is forgiven. That's when the IRS steps in and says, forgive debt is now income. So then we were saying whatever amount you receive for a PPP loan that adds back to your bottom line. So you're going to pay, although it's free money, you're going to pay tax on it. Okay. But now, with the stimulus with Congress, their whole idea was they wanted people, like you said, a gift from Santa Claus. So now all these businesses that we were planning on, like for your, for example, yourself, when we were right. doing your implant, we were adding that money back to the bottom line because we thought you had to pay tax on it. But short story long, Congress has now said they basically told the IRS to back off. And now that money is free money if it's forgiven. And you don't have to pay tax on it. So it's a double whammy. Wow. Whammy in a good way, though. Like that game show. No whammy, no whammy, no whammy. No, this is a good whammy. So we (laughs) like this whammy. Are there any other tax changes for 2020 that we should be aware of, whether it's a good or bad whammy? Tell us all about that. Well, they are doing another round of the PPP loans, which I believe is going through March. So those people are eligible, you know, who did receive the first round or the second round of PPP loans. You can apply for it. I mean, obviously talk to your banker because they're your best uh, ally right now because they have direct access to the SBA and all these loans. But they are there is one caveat, you know, before everybody was applying for the PPP loans and pretty much everyone was getting them. But now you have to show a 25 percent reduction in total revenue in a quarter compared, you know, like first quarter 2019 compared to first quarter in 2020 or fourth quarter 2019 fourth quarter 2020 so you just have to you have to show that your business has actually suffered where the first round we didn't know if we were going to be suffering last march it was really scary in real estate and we you know the thought did go through our head like oh my gosh if nobody's buying houses this year we may have to let some of our staff go and then the ppp came out and luckily we were reassured we were going to be able to be okay and then real estate took off come summer so we aren't going to be applying for the second round or is this the third round officially, Randy? Is that what you said? I had, I had no idea that there was even a second round because, you know, we didn't look back after real estate took off this past year, but in March, we didn't know what was going on. I mean, 
we're all quarantined. This yeah. year, um, thank goodness for our situation, we don't have to have that concern because our taxes won't reflect that. But I'm sure there's other things that, um, Randy, have changed. Should we? Is there anything else you want to share with us today about what has changed with the income tax laws this year? I mean, not a whole lot has changed because we're still in, obviously, 2020. It's still under the Trump Tax Act. So everything's going to be pretty much the same as last year, as 19, because we are doing, you know, 2020 taxes. So I think the big changes are coming down the law with the new legislation to where, you know, now that obviously that Biden's the president, we may have, you know, come towards the end of this year and throughout the year, we're going to see kind of what his tax reform is and how it's going to go about. But I think we can tell with previous, you know, administrations and no, no policies whatsoever. But basically, you know, the Trump tax laws that are in effect through 2020, you can guarantee that's going to change for this year of 2021. Right. Well, okay. So I usually don't like talking politics on this show. I don't think we can avoid it when we're talking about taxes, because that is going to be a big impact for those of us who maybe benefited with the Trump administration into now going into Biden. Are there, from what I understood, like his very first day, he was signing things and taking things away that Trump had done. Has anything been affected yet that you know about, Randy, with respect to taxes for us to maybe plan ahead for next year? Yeah, I mean, we can pretty much guarantee that, you know, if you compare 2020 for for you example. Sure, use me as an, yeah, that's fine. I'm an S-Corp, same thing. I mean, I can pretty much guarantee that if we have the same amount of revenue in 2021 as we did in 2020, we're going to pay more taxes. So it's something that we need to be cognizant of, but nothing's exactly defined, but you hear things of like long-term capital gains have been at 15% for 30 years, those things are being discussed right in the new administration saying, okay, we need to tax long-term capital gains at a higher rate. Just, you know, you hear all the chatter, but nothing's- Nothing's happened yet. No. No, but Randy, have you heard when they talked about capital gains that they were, one of the things on the table was actually to eliminate the primary occupancy exemption if you're over a certain income limit. Have you seen that? Yeah, I've read I've read a bunch of that just continuing professional education and they're trying to keep up with it. And it's just right. you know, like every, their own take on what they think may happen. And it's just it's kind of a wait and see approach. Right. I mean, we're all, you know, kind of standing by, if you will, and just saying, are you okay, holding what? your breath right now, Randy? Because I'm kind of worried. I don't like the sound of this. <laughs> well, I mean, basically, my my full attention right now is going into tax season is, you know, obviously preparing 2020 returns, but sure. I'm always keeping all to see what's coming to the pipeline. But it's almost like one of those things you get anxious and you get worried and people are freaking out and we're like, we don't even know what's going to happen yet. So right. Kind of wait and see. So when do you think we might know so I can have you back? Because we need to start doing some strategic planning for yours truly for next year. If this is, I mean, I'm, I'm going to be walking away thinking this is kind of grim for us that are self-employed that might have had a good business year in 2021. We don't, I mean, obviously it's just beginning. I don't know what 2021 is going to bring mm-hmm. us, but are there things I should be doing different than normal, Randy? Well, of course. I mean, we all should plan accordingly. And like Tara was saying, it's, you know, it's very important that we do year in planning and stuff like that. But I will caveat it by saying that Trump did with his corporate tax. Um, if you're a C-Corp, for example, which, you know, Apple, the big major corporations are, 
he had a flat tax of about 21% and that used to be 39%. So that's, and then now that was passed. That's huge. Yeah. Through flow through entities like ourselves, like an S corp, Mm -hmm. it's called a Q deduction. It's a qualified business um, deduction. And it was the same thing to get us S corps and LLCs and sole proprietors to get us a deduction. So that we're down to the 21% as well for corporate taxes. Okay. And so that's the thing that we're expecting to go away. And on average, would it be fair to say that instead of 21%, maybe we're going to be back up to 28% or whatever it was, maybe when the Obama administration was in play? Yeah, I mean, I think it'll be similar, obviously, because Biden was his VP. But I mean, who knows at this point, but we can guarantee that the Trump Tax Reform Act, you know, that 21%. That's gone away. Yeah, it's going to be gone. And then Another reason us S corps and flow through entities with this QBI deduction, we're paying so much more, so much less tax because it's, it's a very complicated computation on the QBI deduction, but it's based on okay, like t- wage. Time out, Randy. QBI. You're talking like Tara right now. <laughs> I, I, I don't. I, yeah, I don't understand this. That what this means. Speak to me in in Rebecca terms that most of my audience might be able to get. What is QBI? What does that mean? Easy, easy explanation for you is. You get a deduction for being an S corp to get your tax rate down to what a C corp would be paying. So got it. Yeah, it's basically getting us down, us flow through. Because Rebecca, you don't pay tax. Your S corp, it's a flow through. Mm-hmm. Pay the tax. Your S corp doesn't. Okay. So basically, the QBI deduction is at the personal level. It allows us to get a deduction so that we're paying similar taxes to like a C corp. Okay. Again, like Apple and those bigger entities. So I hate to bring this up, but I I can't help but think, I mean, because Apple's supposed to be coming to town if they're not already in town. Mm -hmm. You know, it sounded like Trump did a lot of things to keep businesses wanting to operate in the U.S. Mm -hmm. So if these things go away, is it fair to say that we're going to see a lot of companies wanting to do business outside of the U.S. again? Oh, I absolutely think that businesses, much like individuals, do strategic planning, you know, and they look at their budgets and they figure out how to get the best bang for their dollar. And so um, there's definitely inflationary pressure right now. We're seeing the cost of goods and services go up. um, And so I think that's certainly going to play a role. Oh, and then we throw COVID into the whole mix where we haven't had production of many products this last year at near the same levels. In the building industry, we've seen lumber increase exponentially Mm -hmm. i heard from a client the other day they can't even buy furniture right now because it's several months out to get a new sofa things of that nature um randy is there anything that you're hearing that you should you know maybe tell the rest of us about to keep an eye out for uh whether you're self-employed or you're a single person you know working for somebody else getting a w-2 yeah, I mean, really nothing's changed as far as if you're a W-2 employee. I mean, Trump got rid of a lot of like the like people in Terra's industry. You know, if you're unreimbursed business expenses, things such as, you know, like mileage or meals, if you're taking out clients and you're W-2, you can't write off that stuff anymore. Correct. Um, obviously, if you're self-employed or have an S-corp, those are still deductions. But Trump kind of basically... To put it mildly, he basically raised like the standard deduction. So and things like that to, you know, have us pay less tax. So who knows? I'm pretty sure those things won't be enacted for 2021. So people are going to pay more tax. It's just as long as we plan accordingly. Right. I think, too, Rebecca, it's really important to touch on 
what does that look like for those individuals? Because we talk about 2021 right now and doing planning, and that's important. But for a lot of those that just wrapped up 2020, Mm -hmm. they need to be doing tax planning for 2021 based on their earnings last year as they prepare to file those returns. And as he alluded to, if that PPP loan is in fact forgiven and not taxable, it's not going to show in their gross receipts. And so if they did have a decline in income, a lender like myself is going to be looking at their 2020 earnings to qualify them in 2021. And that absolutely is going to affect them. Um, Conventional financing, which makes up Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, um, are really scrutinizing self-employed income because so many individuals are struggling due to COVID. And so a lender not only has to get the most recent year's tax returns and evaluate that, but we also need a year-to-date profit and loss statement and three months business bank statements to support that there's income being generated that is as much or more as what they had in the prior year's earning. Well, for a lot of self-employed individuals, that's just not the case. And right. so we really <clears throat> need to sit down and do planning with them to make sure that if they plan to purchase or refinance in 2021, that their tax returns for 2020 are going to allow them to do that. Well, and that's key. That's why you were so excited to come on the show today with Randy, not just because of his fabulous hair, but because (laughs) of the fact that it is important that our clients get the fact. I mean, what did you say? You said before they do something that can't be undone. Can't be undone. And most of us who are self-employed, I'm pretty certain have CPAs like Randy. And if you don't, I'll make sure you know how to get a hold of Randy. If Randy can handle any more business, I don't know. He's a pretty busy guy. Uh, But for those that are not self-employed, I'm kind of curious, are there certain lines of work that underwriters are maybe scrutinizing their income a little bit more? You know, when I say service industry, I'm talking like hairstylist um, to your nail tech to maybe your person who works at the restaurant. Oh, I mean, what? what there and- is no question. Um, I have had several clients this year that have been affected. Um, and I'll just give you a couple examples of what industries those were. So one of mine is a gentleman who does professional business coaching and public speaking. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? No a public bunch, speaking. No public speaking. And then, of course, you're not doing site visits. You're not traveling. So um, a bunch of his stuff had been postponed, and it affected his ability. So even though his prior year's tax returns had sufficient income to qualify, when we looked at his profit and loss in his last three months business bank statements, his deal fell apart. Another one. Ooh, I that's had, horrible. It was horrible. I'm, I'm, we need a, we just need a moment of mourning <sighs> for the poor gentleman that, you know, I mean, I wouldn't even have thought public speaking because so much has switched over to Zoom today. Oh, yes. But yeah, one of my friends who did end up buying a home through me and selling this past yeah. year, his whole business was conventions and concerts. Yes. Like he did the lighting and the sound and he was one of the owners. And unfortunately he had to let go of like 28 people when COVID very first hit because they went from 16 million in business for right. the year of 2020 to zero. Oh yeah. And no. they're just starting to inch back with little things, but nothing oh. to where we were last year. So the conventions. So my girl's grandparents, they run a huge business that does conventions all over the world. All those conventions were canceled. Of course. And so um, that business obviously came to a screeching halt. And of course, they're doing everything they can to get on Zoom. But that's a completely different business model. And it it takes time Mm -hmm. to get that up and running and effective. So so them. And then the other one is the restaurants. So I had a restaurant owner who had closed on a custom home high dollar custom home and then within three months was simply doing a rate and term refinance on a house for their daughter their daughter was on it and they were on it so we get their tax returns and then we need a profit and loss well, and guess they what? own a restaurant so of course well so their whole deal fell apart with the ppp small business inquiry 
So we pull credit. Just because of the inquiry? Okay, so I'm going to tell you guys. This is how it unfolds in lending. So obviously PPP didn't exist prior to when it did. And so lenders are having to be reactive in our responses to these CARES Act and stimulus to determine how that's going to affect a borrower's ability to qualify. So they apply for the PPP loan, and it was significant, several hundreds of thousands of dollars. They have more than one restaurant. So the payment on that, if not forgiven was like $25,000 a month. In addition, the restaurants at the time had been shut down. So they were not functioning. So they got How the, could they pay it back if they can't even be open? Well, they're not required to pay it back yet, well, now, right? right? Yeah. So so but from a lending perspective and stay with me here. A lender has no idea mm-hmm. if a business is going to meet the requirements, and Randy, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, for that to be forgiven. Perhaps they didn't have the payroll. Maybe their people left. Maybe, you know, there's so many different scenarios that there's not a guarantee of forgiveness. And if, in fact, it's not forgiven, there's an obligation there, a payment that has to be made against that loan. So we're going to take a quick commercial break, but when we come back, I'm going to get after my husband because I think he has to still go and apply. Randy, he still, James has to still apply for the forgiveness. I think we went to Chase. All right, come back and I'll finish the story. <laughs> we'll be right back. If you're looking for a mortgage, you need a personalized plan, not a click button, get mortgage option. Tara Creek and the TK team have saved families thousands by proactively planning their home purchase or refinance. Buying a home is a huge decision. It deserves a strategic approach. The TK team provides you with a comprehensive mortgage plan, including a complete credit analysis outlining the steps needed to improve your credit score, helping you qualify for better rates and terms. Visit the TKteam.us today. We'll ensure you get the best guidance so you make the best decisions. The TK team, moving you forward. Hi, I'm Rebecca Hidalgo Rains with Berkshire Hathaway Home Services. I've been selling homes here in the Valley for over a quarter of a century already. I want to say that experience truly matters. So when you're looking for your realtor to help you either buy or sell your biggest purchase of your life, I hope you'll consider using me. However, my experience doesn't matter nearly as much as my clients' experience. I dare you to Google me. You'll see nothing but fantastic reviews because I truly care to help navigate you and your family to the very best experience you'll ever have with buying a home. Hi, my name is Rob Sell. I'm with Sell Home Inspections. Been doing home inspections in the Valley for about 20 years. I do a variety of home inspections from new builds, resale, commercial, multifamily units, fourplexes, duplexes, and even on up from there. I can be reached at 602-908-7355. Again, 602-908-7355. Thank you and I appreciate it. I look forward to hearing from you. Whether purchasing a home or refinancing, we know you have choices when it comes to choosing a title company. Lawyer's Title is the leading source for all title, escrow, and marketing needs. With access to the largest group of title insurance underwriters, Lawyer's Title facilitates successful closings and protects clients from fraud. Creating solutions that save time and money for everyone, ask a realtor or loan officer today about using Lawyer's Title on your next real estate transaction. Lawyer's Title is a member of the Fidelity National Financial Family. Welcome back to the show. Okay, so I'm going to finish that story real quick. We went to Chase, and Chase sent us away. We tried to apply for the forgiveness because we did apply our money to our girls, the the women who work for us, for Mm -hmm. their income and for – it was also applied to rent. Mm -hmm. Oh, no, we just lost Randy. Randy, you need to come back, man, because you have to hear about this story because you're doing our – there you go. Because you're doing our taxes for us. And they sent us away. They didn't even know how for us to apply – and then he went back, I made him go back again, and I think it was in late November, 
And they still sent us away and said, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. Is there a time frame where I need to make sure he gets down there and sits in their office till they figure it out? Like, how? what's too late to get the forgiveness? Yeah, I mean, the forgiveness, I've been telling people, do it as soon as you can. Because obviously, like Tara's saying, you want to make sure that, you know, the loan was used for what right. it was intended to. A uh, loan is forgiven, so it's forgiven you're you're fine it's no longer you know it's not a loan anymore it's forgiven debt you don't have to add it to your income it's uh the equation so that they have the the paperwork if you are trying to do a refinance or buy a house at least you have that paperwork saying that the whole loan is forgiven and you don't have to pay it back but yeah i mean typically there is a period it was either eight weeks or 24 weeks that you had to use those funds Mm -hmm. and then it started now accepting applications for forgiveness so you definitely, I mean, the bigger banks are tough because you're going to kind of get the runaround with Chase. Which we did. Yeah. We totally and got the runaround. Yeah. And that's why I've been telling people having a personal banker in this whole situation mm-hmm. is Huge. paramount. Just like me or Tara, it's like you have someone right. to go to and say, hey, look, um, this is my situation. They're like, okay, let's get your loan forgiven. And it probably will take them, you know, a couple hours to get back to you or vice versa. If you're applying for the third round they'll be able to tell you if you're approved within four hours. So. Okay. Well, that's definitely key. Do you need to know, Do you ha- is there a form we need to give to you as our accountant to make sure that when we go file our taxes, like, is there anything I need to provide you? Or are you just going to take my word for it that it was forgiven? Basically, I'm I mean, pretty honest. I for you, yeah, but you have to submit that um, application form to mm-hmm. the bank. Then the bank takes it. Then they go to the SBA and, you know, obviously they provide, there'll be certain information a bank will ask you for, like quarterly payroll tax reports or Mm -hmm. W-2s or just the amount to show that you used it for payroll and what it was intended to. And we didn't lose any of our staff because I remember that being one of the questions. We had to put how many worked for us beforehand and how many worked for us afterwards. We just didn't have anybody to willingly take our paperwork from us when we right. try to do that application. Well, and I think really everything that we're talking about is the importance of preparation and making sure that you've got the right partners in place to guide you through this process. Bottom line is, is if you're self-employed, you don't wait until you're ready to purchase a home or refinance to get the conversation started so that we can properly guide you through income preparation. Okay. So, Randy, are there any final thoughts or any words of wisdom from my favorite CPA out there? And <laughs> and I say that lovingly because I have known Randy for a really long time, and I'm definitely going to be plugging the Scotty D Foundation before we're done with the show today. Um, but, you. of course, of course, and, um, yeah, great foundation. But is there, like, anything that I could do right now to mitigate my income taxes for 2020 or that I should be thinking about in, you know, advice for 2021? Yeah, I mean, what I would tell people is if you did get the PPP loan, like we were talking about with you and James, to get that paperwork into your bank immediately just so you can get that ball rolling and get it forgiven so that you don't miss out on, you know, you want that loan to be forgiven. So I would I would do that ASAP. And then kind of like what I did with you guys with your planning, we were in touch in December. Right. We kind of accordingly what we thought where you would end up and what we need to do. And then we kind of had a plan in place and, you know, it even moves into January. So when you're reconciling December bank statements in January, we're still taking another look and making sure everything's on track. 
Right, right, right. So is there anything else that might be going away, like, or changing, or is it just too soon to tell this year for next year? Because I'm like, I'm kind of thinking about my HSA, for example, Mm -hmm. and other deductions that those of us who are self-employed, or not even self-employed, you know, charitable deductions, things of that nature. Is, Is everything pretty much staying the same that you know of right now, Randy? Or when should we have you back to give us an update, do you think? Yeah, I mean, they change those amounts every year for like your HSA or your IRA or your, you know, mm-hmm. 401k, all these amounts kind of go up each year just to give you, you know, before HSA was like 7000 now it's 7100 whatever it is. They, they kind of just up it 100 bucks or so, but and then your IRA could go up and then your 401k amount can go up. So, yeah, I mean, it's just all these little things that they change each year that kind of are standard. But, yeah, I mean for people out there, just keep doing what you're doing as far as running a business. And then we got to kind of see how things going to line up for 2021 and what to expect because Biden's been in office for a week. So we don't really know how that's going to affect all of us right now. Right, right. So were there any other businesses that come to mind, Randy, that maybe um, need to be taking an extra look at what they're doing for their taxes or if maybe they never went to a CPA before is there cause to do so this year? Like, I'm just kind of thinking about, for example, you mentioned long-term capital gains taxes, Tara, right. and things involving real estate or selling or buying properties. Like Tara was saying, just keep up with everything because, you know, if you do need to refinance, you do need to buy a house. The SBA is going to be asking people for financial statements because they have these loans now. And a lot of people got what they're called, it's an EIDL loan, which is a loan that you have to pay back. It's economic think income disaster relief, something to that. So that is a loan and you will have to pay it back. But, you know, a lot of people are treating it as almost like a line of credit because the interest rate is so low. It's like one or two percent. It's really low. And I think it's a isn't it a 30 year repayment? I've seen some of them with up to 30 years on that. Yeah. So that is a loan that you do have to pay back. It's different from the PPP. But a lot of people took that loan as well, which is fine because, you know, they needed that inflow of cash. But like Tara says, make sure that you keep up with your bookkeeper, your bank reconciliations, all that stuff, because you're going to need financial statements. I mean, starting in January. So So Randy, I have a question for you. So on the tax returns, if the PPP loan has not been forgiven yet, are you just going to bypass it altogether? Is that the appropriate thing to do? Or would it be listed in mortgage notes payable within one year? It just essentially waiting on that forgiveness to occur? That's a great question because I'm working on my very first S-Corp today for a client who actually has to have a refi and he has wages, he has stated income, he's got years of tax returns and he's going through the same thing you were talking about. They're basically for this year's tax returns and he's normally a guy who extends. So I'm S-Corp return right now and then my next call is to my tax software people saying, okay, he has a PPP loan, it has been forgiven does that need to be represented on the tax return for, right. you know, such as yourself or underwriters to actually right. see that? Yeah, I, you know, it's interesting and it's a little bit unfortunate because uh, lenders come out with these guidelines once they see how it's going to be represented. Right. And so we're doing the best we can to be proactive, just using our past experience as kind of our best right. indication for what that might look like. Uh, but two things, Randy, as, as, and this is for all self-employed borrowers and the biggest issues I'm running into. So if you get a K-1, you need to be taking distributions from the business 
in order to show cash flow. A lot of people, when they are, you know, as for example, you're a, um, I believe you said an S corp, correct? A sole. Right, Randy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so on those, um, and that income flows to your personal returns. Mm-hmm. So, really important for self-employed individuals to be drawing that income out in the form of distributions, and that's what a lender's looking at. They're looking not necessarily your taxable income, which yes, it needs to be there, but even beyond that, they're looking at how much income did you draw out of the business into your household, because that's really the income you had available to repay your obligations. Got it. So out of curiosity right now, if somebody comes and applies with you because they want to buy a house with me, maybe sell their old one, yes, and they were self-employed, what's coming up on the credit report? I'm just kind of curious, what does it state? So that's a really good question. And you're referring to like PPP mm-hmm. loans. So the um, PPP loans do not appear on the borrower's credit report beyond the inquiry. That's what's so crazy about it is a lender really, it had the inquiry fallen off, we wouldn't have even known about the PPP loan. Now that was until they recently added the requirements of the business bank statements and the year-to-date profit and loss. So most businesses are showing the influx of that PPP loan in, in their profit yeah. and loss. Well, the, a lender is excluding the PPP loan because it can't should. be used as income. Okay. But then they're still hitting them for all their expenses, which is exact. No, so stay with me. Oh. That's exactly how it's going to be represented on their tax returns, though. And correct me if I'm wrong, Randy. So they're going to have gross receipts, which are their true gross receipts. But then they're still going to write off all their expenses, and then they're going to have their net or taxable income. So that PPP loan, after those 2020 returns are filed, will actually be represented exactly as the underwriters are assessing it. Meaning they are going to count it against you or they're not? They're going to reduce the PPP loan as income from the return. And I believe, Randy, correct me if I'm wrong, that's exactly what you said. It won't be represented in gross receipts. Yeah, I mean, it sits on the balance sheet as no payable, like you were saying. Yep. But really, it's not going to be paid. The loan that doesn't have to be repaid. So we got to figure out how to account for that, not only on the financial statements, but on the tax return. But say, Tara, for example, they got a hundred thousand, and they used a hundred thousand for wages. Right. So your wage represented on your P and L, which right. are you take it for it. So you got a hundred thousand dollar deduction for it, and it's reflected in net income. Right. But you'll have a hundred thousand no payable sitting on your balance sheet, which you're saying is going to balance out to zero. Well, I mean, we're going to have to figure out down the line. You know, for those people who do have forgiven forgiven debt. Right. Okay. How do we account for getting that loan off the balance sheet? Because it doesn't have to be paid back. It shouldn't be sitting there as a liability. So my advice to you, based on what I know, is I wouldn't put it in the short-term loan section. I would put it in yeah. just the mortgage, you know, mortgage notes payable total, and then yeah. that we're not having to specifically exclude as opposed to the short-term. But Randy, it, had we not had this conversation, or perhaps a CPA doesn't even understand how the lender is reviewing those tax returns from a cash flow standpoint, that could make the difference of being able to make the loan work or not make the loan work. So in other words, you're welcome to your client who now is getting the benefit of you being on the show today and learning from (laughs) Tara, Randy, Um, because honestly, you two are much smarter than me when it comes to this stuff. That's why I have the experts come on to share your knowledge. And I really appreciate everything you guys have shared with everybody. I think the biggest takeaway today is things are changing, Mm -hmm. constantly changing. And you will certainly be hurting yourself if you don't check in with your preferred lender, whoever that might be. Hopefully it's Tara over here. 
if you're considering refinancing, because a lot of people refied into the threes out of the fours, and guess what? Rates are now still we're lower. In the twos. Yeah. yeah, I've got people coming around for round two. For round two of yep. refi, I'm tempted to refi again. Yeah, but then you have to kind of balance and the see cost. is it worth it. But yep. at the end of the day, if you're even considering it. You need to talk to whoever it is that you need to talk to and make sure you involve your CPA in that yes. discussion because if you were not somebody who was affected last year, mm-hmm. maybe things aren't going to change too much. But if you were affected and you took a PPP, you better be talking to your CPA and your loan officer of choice. Perfect. Fair enough? Fair enough. Randy, anything else you want to add to that, my friend? No, agreed. Like Tara said, I mean, it's going to be paramount that, you know, her and I are in this conversation because, you know, she's going to be asking about the PPP loan and how it affects the lender and how, who can qualify and all of that. So it's, it's definitely, it's going to be interesting moving forward. (laughs) It is. Well, I'm excited. I have both of you to go on the ride with, and I think I'm going to have to call the show like Tara said, because I think I heard Randy said that about 20 (laughs) times on this show. Um, Randy, thank you so much for being with us. If any of you guys need an excellent CPA, I'll make sure you guys know how to get in touch with Randy and, of course, Tara Krieg over at AmeriFirst. Thank you both for being on the show today. Have Thank a great you, week. Take care. Wow, guys, what a great show. Thank you so much, Tara Krieg at AmeriFirst, for joining us and adding on to the discussion and saying things that I over way over my head. But more so than anything, Randy Detheridge with J.A. Hondorp, CPA. He is a fantastic guy. I've actually known him since high school, and he's been my personal CPA for nearly a decade now. If you need more Randy in your life, you can get a hold of him at randy at jahondorpcpa.com. His business number where you can be reaching him at is 480-755-0701. Again, his business number is 480-755-0701. His personal Facebook page is Randy Deathridge. Randy really does operate by word of mouth. He doesn't have a whole bunch online, so you just need to find him at his phone number or give him an email again, randy at jahondorpcpa.com. Randy also has a a wonderful charity that he supports. It's called the Scotty D Foundation. It's named after his brother, Scott, who passed away several years ago. And they do sponsor and help the kids out in Chandler with all kinds of wonderful programs. So if you're not familiar with the Scott Dethridge Foundation, you should be. Look them up. What a great show. And thank you for joining us on our mutual journey to becoming unharmable and successful in all of our experiences while we're here in this school of life. We hope you enjoyed it. If you watched us on YouTube, please like and subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Likewise, if you're catching us on one of our podcast platforms, be sure to follow us so you never miss out on another one of our shows again. Remember that if you ever have a question about real estate or any of the other topics we cover, check us out on the web, www.gratefulheart.tv, for all of our links to connect with us. Otherwise, we'll have another show for you again right here next Monday at 11 a.m. Arizona time. I'm on vacation every single day because I love my occupation. I'm on vacation every single day, every, every single day.